Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better, how to create better family, health, business, and self. And I'm so excited about my guest today, and I just I cannot wait to share her and her expertise. Because you know what? There's over four billion moms on this planet. Like that is insane. And every second, 4.3 babies are born. That means I don't know, like 200, 260 almost per minute. What? That means by the end of this podcast, over 10,000 babies will have been born. Can we all say help? But but I want to say that one of my biggest role models in my life is my mom. And studies will show, there's a survey that I saw of those surveyed, over 40% of those surveyed said that the most influential person in their life is their mother. And so that relationship is key and so important because that relationship there are so many studies that will show that the mother-daughter relationships will dictate her self-worth, the daughter's self-worth, the daughter's self-esteem, who she chooses in relationships from friendships to partners in life. So let's talk. Let's talk about the mother-daughter relationship. Let's talk about how sometimes there's some headbanging going on. And my, my guest today, she is going to share her expertise on how to have that tension-free relationship with your teen or tween daughter. She's going to share strategy, strategies that will help you respond without flipping out. Hello, <laughs> right? Now, my guest today is Dr. Michelle Deering. She's a licensed psychologist and the podcast host of Mother Daughter Connections. And she believes that every mother and daughter should have a thriving, loving relationship. Can we say amen, right? Now, this refreshing approach has made her a sought-after speaker, online educator, and consultant. And I want to say welcome, welcome, Dr. Deering. Thank you so much for having me here, Elaine. I'm so stoked to be here. Well, I'm just going to cheers you with my coffee here. and toast. There we go. I should get my tea, right? (laughs) So you are actually on the other side of North America right now, out in North Carolina? South Carolina. North Carolina, yes. Mm -hmm. And what a beautiful place because I have been there and I love the food. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. I love it. Oh, yes, yes. I had to get used to the the different kind of barbecue from the North originally. But yes, so I, I like it now. How is the barbecue different? Tell me about that. I'm a over here. Well, I'm originally from New York City, uh, but lived in uh, New Jersey prior to moving here. But in the north, the barbecue tends to be more on the sweet side uh, with the tanginess. And down here in North Carolina, it's more on the vinegary side. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it it took a little bit, but now I'm totally acclimated. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm sure. I'm sure I, it wasn't hard to get used to. No, not at all. Can't, can't beat good barbecue. Now, Dr. Daring, you're a mom. Tell us a little bit about you and your family. Yeah, I have been married to actually my BFF hubby and I will be celebrating our 30th this year. Uh, so uh, we're excited for that because we're going to be renewing our vows. Uh, we have twin daughters who are, uh, I guess, 21. Uh, we were just talking off air <laughs> about when they turned 21 and uh, they are uh, uh, taking prisoners, as I, I as I like to call it, you know, just going out there and uh, we don't do adulting around here. They just are adults. Wow. So, so yeah, I, I'm very happy for them. Wow. Well, and congratulations on 30 years. Yes. Talking about role modeling. Wow. Wow. And wow. Yeah. And yes. So many things I want to ask you. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, well, you can start by asking me, but um, originally I'm from the Bronx, New York. Uh, the Bronx, as we like to call it, and I was raised by uh, my a single mom mm -hmm. who emigrated from Jamaica to here back in the wow. '40s, and uh, yeah, she she raised me. Uh, I don't know how much you want me to go into, but yeah. I could go on. Oh, absolutely! I was, uh, you know, my my next question is actually uh, going to be about you know, tell me something about your childhood or your younger years where you feel like it helped shape and develop who you are today. Yeah. Um, well, so pick up where I left off with my mom raising me. Uh, I'm the youngest of three, mm -hmm. and but they're much, much older than I am. And so the way my mom found out she was having me was that she was fleeing, literally in the dead of night in the wintertime from her abusive husband, who's my wow. biological dad, wow. and found out that she had a present. <laughs> <laughs> which was me, the unexpected one. And so um, just growing up in a Jamaican household, for those of your listeners who know anything about Jamaican households, we're prim and proper and everything has to be <laughs> just so. And, you know, uh, and so that tended to have more of a, a critical dynamic between my mom and me. Mm. Uh, so we weren't really close. It didn't help matters that she wasn't aware because I never found her to be a safe space for me to talk about the abuse that I was experiencing, both physical and sexual, um, growing up. And so the way in which I coped with her critical nature um, was to throw myself into my academics and my athletics. And wow. those were the areas that I found affirmation and, you know, you know, positive things being said about my ability. That is incredible. I mean, you could have found something much, much worse and, and treacherous <laughs> to, to fall into that could give you that sense of belonging, but to, to fall into academics and sports and athletics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Definitely so, had a good head on your shoulders. Uh, well, I mean, again, one of the things I usually tell my clients is, you know, this whole journey of mother-daughter relationships is not about pointing fingers or finding blame. It's really about gaining an understanding. And so, you know, even in with her critical nature, I mean, one, one of my early memories, and it's something that I actually talk about in my book, What Mothers Never Tell Their Daughters, is, mm. is this, this, this really stark memory I have of her, I call it the calf liver dinner where she came home from a hard day's work, um, working in the garment in industry, you know, like, you know, sweatshop stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, she, uh, she had, she, all we had in the, in the cupboard was, you know, the liver, some peas 
and a little bit of mashed potatoes. And she made what she did. And it was just one plate full. And she sat down and put that plate in front of me Mm. and nodded, which was her signal to me, go ahead and eat. Mm -hmm. But she went without. And that kind of just really shaped me as I grew up seeing what self-sacrifice is all about. And I'm going to come back to this later if our conversation goes that way. But there's some, the thing that it, that it left me with was this impression that being a mom is all about self-sacrifice. And I, and that is something that as a mom myself now, Mm. I've seen is not, it's the prevailing assumption that this is what the way it's supposed to be, that that signifies being a good mom. Wow. But my contention is that self-sacrifice is doing a disju- an injustice to not just your daughter, but your family at large and yourself in particular, because wow. you lose yourself in that. So um, true. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I was doing a lot of reading off before we met and, and it is so true that that is, a, I don't know if I can call it old school thinking because my mom is very much representative of what, like you, what your mom believed. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and yes, there is a point when, you know, when you are a mama bear, you will feed your children and everybody else before yourself. And, you know, and I, and I, I find that happening in our house too. And sometimes <laughs> like I watch them throw it, what they did in you. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> what, do you know? <laughs> what did you throw it away? <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, but, yes. like my my mom has such a servant heart and and you know and I love my mom and she is a pillar of strength and there are also things where I catch myself doing that I now slap my hand on because I I remember being a little or not little but I was like 13 14 mm-hmm. and I was babysitting my mom's friends, children, and then they would pay me at the end. My mom's like, oh, no, 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 you don't need to pay her. And then I would get paid. And I was like, oh, okay. And and then I caught myself almost doing that to my daughter once. And I'm like, what on earth? No, no, no. She worked hard. She deserves that money. She worked for it. She gave them a service. They pay her. Right. Right. It wasn't like, I mean, it's different when people are stranded and they throw their children in your house because something, it's an emergency. Absolutely. But I'm talking when it's a job, a service being provided in exchange for income, Mm -hmm. take the income. So I caught myself and, you know, and it's, it's, it's not a slight on my mom, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a new revelation that I had of, Huh. <laughs> I, I, I love that you actually say that because said that because that's one of anyone who hangs around me long enough knows that my whole one of my mantras is we need to pause to consider our behavior. Mm. And the fact that you actually caught yourself is one of the a great gift that you gave your daughter in that moment. Because fast forward, and you know it, being an entrepreneur yourself, women still, what, make 80 cents on the dollar, and we can break it down uh, in terms of a man's pay. But one of the contributing factors is that um, it's because they don't value themselves. They have a hard time valuing what they bring to the table. And so you, right in that moment when you paused 
and caught yourself, you actually started the process of breaking a cycle that exists out there. I didn't just even cut myself. I I said it all out loud. (laughs) I wanted them to process and understand. I'm like, and I actually like, I don't like, I even apologized to my daughter that I had that thought. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you are so worth that. Like you're probably worth more than that. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. I apologize for that because, you know, yes, you deserve every penny that you are given. So don't like, and I apologize to her. I'm like, and she has no idea because like it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you actually gave her two great gifts. One was the pause (laughs) and the other, and the other one was the apology. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'd, you'd, Actually, you quoted a statistic about 40% of women say that their mom is really very important. But there's another statistic out there that says 42 to 48% of moms, of, of women, adult women, have been estranged from their moms mm-hmm. at some point in time. Wow. And it's because one of the factors is, you'd be surprised, even in my Facebook group, how many adult moms have not have rarely heard an apology from their mom for things. So you gave your daughter two great gifts. Oh, yeah, so I'm giving you two thumbs up. <laughs> I, I'll take those thumbs up. Right, right. Every mom right, needs right. to have a little pat on their back occasionally because we all feel like fail. Yeah. This is a fail. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I want to touch on what you just mentioned about mm-hmm. being a stranger for your mom. And that can start in in the relationship that's much earlier because that is what causes the drift apart, right? Even mm-hmm. that two degrees separation eventually grows into a very large gap. Yes. So what would you say, Dr. Jerry, might be some unseen signs or, or very obvious signs that there is a need for help, a call for help in that mother-daughter relationship? You know, as I hear you say the phrase, call for help. And I just want to clarify when you, is it, are you talking about um, someone is in danger or someone is like going down a certain path? Like, what do you, oh, what thank do you, you mean? Yeah. So I don't mean danger. I, well, danger in the sense of there's going to be a vast gap between that okay. relationship. So, I mean, okay. how young does it start? Like, is it something that just happens in teen age hood or is yeah. it, <laughs> Yeah, it's like like when they're like five years old, like yeah, you you actually. I'm glad you asked this questions because I have I have a number of different pet peeves. This is one of my big ones, which Mm -hmm. is this whole notion, uh, and I call it the big lie, where where it it says, "Moms out there, when your daughter's a teen, there's going to be tumult and tension, and that that that, that's like a given, and." My whole thing is that no, 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 no. It does not have to be that way. And 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 the thing that um, the way in which you're interacting with your daughter when she's a toddler is really sort of like a foundation for what things will be like when she's a tween or a teen. Wow. So it's really important for moms to pause to consider how they're feeling and reacting to things that they are noticing when she is that young, because it'll give you some indication and time to make adjustments 
for when she hits the tween teen years. I think to answer your question specifically, um, signs are when, and, and let me, the caveat to this is you as a mom know your daughter well, because you birthed her. But when you start noticing things that are different than what is considered norm in what your experience with her is. So like, for instance, if you have a gregarious outgoing daughter and then all of a sudden she gets starts to get quiet or seems a little timid, well, that might tell you something's going on. So you want to pause to consider, not say things like, well, you used to always be like, nothing like that. But just pause to consider in the moment, how can you now find out what's going on? Hmm. So it's a change in behavior. If you're noticing um, uh, ways in which your daughter may be shutting you out, hmm. um, every child is different. So, for instance, if you have a quiet child mm-hmm. okay, who is used to just being in a book, all right. And I'm talking about one of my, do- my twin daughters. OK, I had to learn that her being and having her nose in the book was her way of just absorbing herself in her world. But that when other outside things came at her too quickly, then she'd do more book reading. <laughs> wow. I, I always and I didn't understand that initially, but because I was pausing to consider my behavior of when I would tell her rapid fire, three different pieces of information. Oh, and don't forget that. And remember this and da, 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 just, you know, nonchalantly. And then she wouldn't do it. Then I'd get upset. Why aren't you doing this thing instead of pausing to consider what might be going on with her as to why she's not hearing me at that point in time? Nice. Okay. Cause it takes two to tango. Yeah. Uh, so, and- but you're the adult in it. So it's sorry. And, uh, and it begins with knowing your daughter, right? Knowing your child. Right. If, if you don't know them, you won't even notice when they are withdrawn. Right. Like, I, I love that you said that, like, you know, your daughter loves to read and she's just in a book. Mm-hmm. And then you, you discover why she's in it into her book, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a form of just release and relaxation or right. escapism because she doesn't think about anything else because she can just focus on what she's reading. And so I love that. I love that very much. Yeah. And of course, there's the obvious signs of tension when there's a lot of yelling. Yes, yes. right, right. I was going to get to that. I was, I was waiting to see, but, but uh, you know, the headbutting stuff. Um, now if you, if for your listeners, okay. You know that when you've had one of those days, Mm. Okay. And you go to your girlfriend and you're just like, you know, blah, 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 and you just go off. The reason why your BFF is your BFF is because she knows how to sit there. She's not, she's seen you. She's heard you because she's nodding her head. Yeah, girl. Yep. Right. Right. And she understands because you guys have a history. Wow. Well, your daughter needs the same thing. Wow. wow. Okay. She's no different. And the reason why headbutting happens is because, and again, you know, the only thing that we as moms do perfectly is that we perfectly love our daughters imperfectly. So <laughs> even though we're like rushing to and from different things, it, it's inevitable that we're going to miss it. And our communication lines will 
will cross and there's not an understanding from each party. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the pausing is going to be very important. That's why the uh, uh, making observations about what's the flow of your family, you know, uh, like for instance, I, I'm also, I'm not just a mother daughter relationship, personal trainer. I'm not just a licensed psychologist, but I'm also a sports psychologist, board certified sports mm-hmm. psychologist. So I work a lot with moms who have daughters who are athletes. There's this flow when your child is in season for whatever sport And you have to kind of understand how to navigate that flow so that when they're out of season, your flow of the family might be different. It's just being aware of what's going on and recognizing that if you bump heads, it's not a failure. That's like something that's not. It's just an opportunity to connect with your daughter differently because her behavior is not a bad reflection on you. Mm. It's really a reflection to you that something's going on wow. and you need to kind of attend to it. I love how you said that. It's not a reflection of you is a reflection to you as a mom of something is definitely going on. I yeah. really love that. Wow. Now I, I, you've written books, you, you speak on this topic often mm-hmm. and I know that you can, Tell us what your top five strategies are then to, to respond to your daughter without flipping out. Because you know what? As a mom, like you could be doing something, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but in your mind, you're like, okay, what am I making for dinner? Why is there laundry still on the floor? How come nobody took up any of those things at the bottom of the stairs? Like what is going on mm-hmm. while somebody else is trying to talk to you? Mm-hmm. So. And, and it's hard because you, you do want to go through and help each of your children or your, your child, mm-hmm. but you still feel like you have all these other things coming at you. So you cut them short sometimes and say, okay, tell me that after, but can you go do this? And then you just dismiss them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so what is, what are some of your strategies to avoid, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't begin to tell you over the past 20 years that I've been working with moms and daughters, you know, the, the thing that I, I can't even begin to tell you that once a mom does, and I've kind of spliced them in, in, in our discussion so far, but I'm just going to summarize it. The pausing to consider your behavior is going to be key. That's where you get your bearings. And that's not something that happens overnight because, you know, for myself, I had my big pause when our daughters were entering their tween years. Okay. And once that pause happened, I was like, whoa, I need to really start understanding what makes me tick. Mm. And what ticks me off? (laughs) (laughs) And why? (laughs) Okay. Because they didn't ask to be brought into the world. Mm. You brought them here. Mm. So it behooves, it's a benefit to them and you ultimately to just understand by pause, understand yourself by pausing first to consider your behavior. That's part number one, step number one. The second step is to really, um, Check, I call it check with the misses, which is um, where there are ways in which we miss. And I go into this more in my book, What Mothers Never Tell Their Daughters. But we we miss it when we are misconceiving what's going on, which then leads to us miscommunicating 
Mm. Sorry, misunderstanding what's going on, which then impacts how we communicate and we miss it in our communication. Wow. So, so if, so, so attending to that is going to be really key. And, and that's what I usually work with my clients through. Is hey, Dr. Jen, so say that again. You mentioned three different misses. Yes. The, the first miss is that you misconceive, which is just a fancy way of saying we are looking at it incorrectly. Absolutely. And then, and then the second thing is that we miss uh, understand because mm-hmm. if we're not seeing something correctly, we're going to not understand it properly. Mm-hmm. And then we miscommunicate based on what we've just misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are the three misses. All right. Um, and then the fourth thing, sorry, the third thing, after you've paused to consider and after you've checked with the misses, the th- third it. thing is you really need to and everybody needs this. I'm going to say it, number three, four, and five. You need to see, hear, and understand your daughter. By seeing your daughter, all I'm talking about is, have you faced her? Mm. <laughs> how, how, how are you communicating that, that you are acknowledging her being, her presence? Okay. Um, I could go into that for a long time because in our, in our busyness. And as you just alluded to it earlier, we can get, have things going on in our mind and have no idea that our countenance is a certain way. Mm. And that, and and that can inadvertently communicate that we don't see our kids (laughs) in front of us. So then there, so then um, after seeing her, then you want to uh, make sure that you've heard her. Wow. Oh my gosh, the number of ways in which we can in, indirectly or uh, um, unintentionally um, not listen and hear our, it's one thing to listen, our ears do it all the time, but to communicate that you've heard your daughter uh, is going to be really key. And for tween and teen daughters in particular, they want their feelings heard. Ah. Wow. Okay. So I love that. So if you have a teen or tween daughter, the most important is to make sure that they're heard, but not just heard in words, but that you hear their feelings. So what is a strategy to let them know that we are hearing how they feel? And and I, I say this not presumptuously. I was about to chuckle because um, psychologists always get uh, uh dinged for oh you always ask that feeling question yeah how does that make you feel it sounds like so simple but there are different variations of that but it's really just asking her how does how's that making you feel use Uh, the f word it's the best uh, f word you can use okay Um, because feel right right, feel because you know at that age for tweens and teens tween tween and teen girls they have a lot going on hormonally, mm-hmm. socially. Their prefrontal cortex is still developing. It's transitioning from black and white thinking to abstract thinking. Wow. And so much is pulling at them. It's a cauldron of mess. Yes. The self-identity. A, be- a, be- a beautiful, a be- and, when I, and when I use that word mess in big quotations, not that they're a mess. They are, they are trying to figure so much stuff out. Mm. that they're going to have a lot of feelings about it. So as a mom checking in with them, you know, not just how is your day, how are you feeling today? 
I love you know? it. I love that. And then the last part um, after you've heard them is then communicate that you've understood. All right. Yeah, because that's the that's the that's 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 that will take your relationship to a deeper level. Wow. Uh, and it know, I do hear parents. I do hear parents saying, I don't understand her. I don't understand her. So what does that mean? Like, how do we understand them? Well, and you know, when, when you said that, that they say, I don't understand her. And, and this is, and I'm speaking as one who has pulled my hair when they were that age going, I, I, I I'm done. I don't get it. Da, 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 da. What, what, when a mom does that, it's because it's confusing to them. It's not fitting into the paradigm of what they're expecting. And you have to understand your daughter is going through her stage for the first time. You as her mom have already been through that, but you're experiencing her journey through it. And so the understanding that needs to be communicated is that, that you've, that you understand how it could be possible that she could be feeling and or thinking whatever it is that she's thinking and or feeling without judgment. I love that. Show understanding of how they are going through something without judgment because their first time going. First time. Yes. Great reminder. I love that. And then, so would you repeat back what they're feeling so that they feel heard well, uh, yeah, a person, there, there are ways to do it. A person can just wrote, say, so you're feeling like X mm-hmm. after the person. Okay. Say your daughter says, I feel mad. So you feel mad. It's one thing to just repeat the words. It's another thing. And I'm pointing to my heart as I say this, mm-hmm. repeat the words mm-hmm. from your heart. Um, and it takes a slowing down. That's why in these five steps, I've said the pausing to consider the behavior, um, because we, as women and just the way in which we are navigating society at large, we are pressured so much so that we don't attend to our bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm not going to get into that because I know we'll be talking about that in more detail, but that pausing to consider is going to be really key on being able to speak from your heart the understanding that you've just heard from your daughter. Okay. And if you, you know, if you, if you repeat something back to her and she tells you, no, that's not it. No, that's no, no, no. Cause tweens, they can do that. <laughs> it's not, it's not an indication of you. It's because she's still wrestling on the inside. Mm. She's not mad at you. She's just mad that, you're not getting it. She wants you to get it. Okay. Um, and if you as a mom can kind of just step back and say, okay, I'm not going to take this personally. I really just want to, the end result is to connect with my daughter. Yes. Amen. Then you'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that is a tricky part. Like when, so when the daughter says, no, that's not what I mean. What is the smartest thing to do then? Like what would moms say do you not say anything do you say what do you say well uh every situation is different so again this is a blanket thing um the thing to say in those moments the first thing to say is to yourself this is not don't take it personally (laughs) etc try to hear what she's saying and then just ask a question 
okay, so what is it that I'm not understanding? Hmm. Yes. And, and, you know, and again, you know, this kind of, and I, every situation is different. And when I sit down with my mom clients, I'm really um, getting a, 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 a summary of what their dance is. Every mom mm-hmm. and daughter has a dance. Um, and then the actual wording and the timing and the positioning, that's all the stuff I work with moms on. So, you know, cause, cause I don't think that there's any one cookie cutter response. Um, but the key part is for you as a mom to do that pausing. Uh, cause if you pause long enough, you'll find out what's really going on. Yes. Uh, and I can't even begin to tell you time and time again, how many moms that I've worked with have said, you know, the minute I shut my mouth and use the two ears that I have, <laughs> <laughs> instead of the one mouth that I have, you know, the ratio two to one, twice I, as much listening. So funny. I was just thinking that, <laughs> yeah, right? Like yeah. being a good listener. And like, I remember like, you know, even when my, my three kids, now they're mm-hmm. teens and like near the end of teens, all mm-hmm. three of them. Mm-hmm. But I remember my husband's like, you know, it's so important, you know, just let her, let her like we're talking about our oldest like that and relationships can be important and you know and, and i am that mom who's like you know things have to be done a certain way and i had to like let that go and it's hard and it's so hard to not want to fix it make it better because you're right dr Deering, it's their first time going through it mm-hmm. so even though i have done it tens of thousands of times mm-hmm. i need to let them her have that experience and then be there to catch her, right. be there to like bounce off of and say, Hey, you know, and I went through that. I, I did this instead of saying, do this, do it this way. This is the only way so much faster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. Right. And you know, and not to put you on the spot, but when you said it's so much faster, yeah. If they'd only do it my way, because it's really about when we say that it's really about us and not them. And that those are ways in which we end up not seeing. Absolutely. Right. And yeah, letting yeah. them develop into their right. confident self. Right. And, you know, and that's why I think it's so important that they see me fail, that they see me cry, that they see me figure it out and try to pick myself up in some stressful situation. Yes. I don't want them to think that life is perfect and that things come easy because it isn't perfect and things don't come easy always. (laughs) And, And so, but it's how we, there's so much we can learn from and show our kids from how we pick ourselves up. Mm-hmm. And and so you know my kids have seen me fall apart and they, <laughs> and they have seen like the results yes. of 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 the the steps taking forward and picking ourselves up. Yes. So important. And you know I I love how you stress that number one is to pause. And you know and I'm gonna talk about this one instance with my son. Uh-huh. And you know he was little. He was like I don't know what he was. Maybe he was like 10, 10, 11. He's fifteen now. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what it was. It was like the morning rush and, and I think he like left cups. He loves drinking chocolate milk, but then he leaves the cups everywhere. And you know, it was the morning and I'm like, I wanted to say 
Dr. Deering. I didn't uh, say I wanted to say, why do you always leave your cups up? Blah, 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 blah. But I didn't. I paused and I caught myself in my frustration that I wanted to say that. And right when I was about to say that, I didn't say that. In fact, I don't even know how the words came out of my mouth, but I said, I said, you know, I said his name. I said, Justin, I'm like, why are you always such a good helper? And I said that and I did not want to say that. That's not what I wanted to say. I wanted to say, why are you always leaving your cup up? And you know, and I watched his little shoulders when he was sitting that were slouched over and he was eating. And I saw his spine straighten up and his shoulders go back. And he got up and he put his dishes in, like he rinsed them and he put them in a dishwasher. And it was that pause. I don't know how the words changed in my mouth because I was standing there in shock myself. But <laughs> but what touched my heart was watching his little shoulders straighten up. Yes. And and you know and him going off to school, feeling like a good helper rather than me being on him saying how come why do you always blah blah right, right. I I will always remember that. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and and all the more why the pause is so important and pause. I love that. I, I love- so the pause. <laughs> the pause. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Um yeah that I that's beautiful. It. I that's beautiful. I'm glad you shared that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a crazy mama. <laughs> but I, I love your strategies, right? Pause, pause, yes. pause it and check your own behavior, right? Because yes. Right. We do have those two ears. We got to listen more than we can spew words faster out of our mouths because you got to just take that pause. I love that. Yes. You're awesome. I love that. <laughs> Number two, check your miss. Check with your, your missus. Check your missus. Yeah. And I love that because at first I'm like, check with your wife. Oh my God. <laughs> I understand now. Those two misses, right? Yes. Because you can misconceive your, your daughter's frustration as like bad behavior, but it isn't. She's going through something. You can. Uh, your second one is uh, misunderstand it, right? And then you're going to miscommunicate, right? And so yeah. that pause is so important because when you're pausing, you could check in on those things and, and try to read, try to remember what happened. Like, did she just break up with somebody? Did right. she have a hard test today? Right. Did she have a tryout for track and field? Like, what? what is going on here? And that's why it's so important to have that pause. Oh, you're awesome, Dr. <laughs> And then, and then you said three, four, and five is to see, hear, and understand your daughter. Love it all. Now, I, I, I'm sure Dr. Deering, when people look at you, you're like, oh my gosh, this incredible psychologist must be the perfect mom. Now, we know there's no such thing because I know you are lovely, and I also know that there is no such thing as being a perfect right. mom. Is there an example that you could share with us I and mean, my listeners of? A, a big mom fail, something that just uh, like a mistake that happened, but you took this nugget out of it that we could learn from. Yeah. I mean, the whole trajectory of why I'm doing what I'm doing uh, right now is when our daughters were about to become tweens, uh, the pressures of work and life and balancing everything. Um, I unintentionally found myself repeating patterns that my mom had had with me mm-hmm. and uh, didn't realize the effect it was having on one of my twin daughters until, you know, she shared with me that she didn't want to live anymore. And so that was my big pause Wow! where I had to say, yo, 
I mm. need to back up here. So me as a practicing psychologist was like, let me take myself and put myself in, wow. into therapy. And, and over the next three years, it took that long. There were principles that and things that I had to look at that I learned through that process. And then, you know, fast forward, both that daughter and both my daughters and I now have a very close relationship, Mm. but it was a process of regaining her trust. But the thing that was, that was the eye opener for me in that mistake was that I let my fears get projected onto her. Um, And as a result of that, I wasn't seeing her wow. and she, she felt that and, you know, it became, uh, oh, you just want me to do X, Y, and Z according to your da, 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 da. Mm. And, and I didn't realize how it had been eroding. And so it took a while, three years for us to get that trust back. Yes. And now, um, you know, she's out there and it's funny because you mentioned that you to me off air that you're a teacher. I, you know, I was a former math teacher. And so the stupidest thing <laughs> of getting upset over stupid math problems. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm the math teacher here. You will do it this way. I mean, something as silly as that got communicated to her, but fast forward, you know, our relationships mended, you know, she took a B calc <laughs> and aced it, you know? So I'm sort of like, what was I, you know, all stressed out about? I mean, I understand it now, but um, that was the thing that, that started my journey of seeing that, hey, it's so easy for us to unintentionally repeat things that were done to us or not done to us, just, and it have uh, an effect that we are not intending to have on our relationship and it's undermining stuff. Then that's why, you know, at one point when I was, you know, repairing our relationship, you know, I was just like, oh, the things I can't tell her right now because of the age appropriateness, hence the name of the book, What Mothers Never Tell Their Daughters. And love that title. It was, it's, and so now my whole thing is as a mother-daughter relationship, personal trainer, I'm here like a personal trainer to get you on track for um, improving if you're wanting to do things, I can, I call it preventing things from mm-hmm. happening as well as fixing things or improving things and making things closer uh, as your heart's desire. Cause it will happen. It will happen. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah. I love your reminder to just pause before you react. Mm-hmm. I evaluate what is, what is going on here really. And, and you said it earlier that it's not reflective of you, but it's reflective of what is that there's something going to, on to you too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. They're a reflection to you. Of yeah. Something going on. I, I love that so much. And before, before we go, I, mm-hmm. I want you to just touch on relationships in general, like whether it's with, with your child, any child, boy or girl, your mm-hmm. colleagues, do you have any tips, whether it's like one or three that you said, Hey, here's some healthy tips to have a healthy relationship. Bang. What would they, Yeah, you know, the, the thing that comes to mind, it's, it's one of the cornerstones of just how I co- conduct myself in my relationships uh, is I read this Jewish proverb a long time ago that says that um, wisdom builds a house, uh, but understanding furnishes it. 
And if you think about it, you know, a house isn't a home without some furnishings and it makes it cozy. And that understanding may cost you a lot, meaning that, you know, you'll have to maybe look at some things that might be difficult. Mm -hmm. It's okay. That discovery process, that process of just learning in the moment and gaining that understanding is going to be the thing that glues you and your your daughter together over the long haul through all the transitions of life that the both of you will be going through. So, yeah. Wow. I love that. Wisdom builds the house, understanding furnishes it. Mm -hmm. Right. And and that's the practical side is the understanding, right? You can know all the great tips in the world and do nothing with it and then have an empty home. Right. Nobody wants that. You are incredible. Now, Dr. Deering, if anybody wanted to find you right now, where would they go look? Uh, you could go on uh, to my podcast, uh, Mother Daughter Connections, which is found on all platforms. Um, you could also connect with me. I actually have a, a, a free PDF uh, for folks that they can download. It's it's the quick guide to less arguments. Wow! <laughs> you can find that at bit bit dot ly backslash less arguments, and wow. uh, you'll. Uh, be connected into my email community as a result of that. Um, But yeah, I go into a lot of detail uh, in that PDF uh, and and moms continue to tell me, I don't go anywhere without this thing. (laughs) You shared so many great tips and nuggets and thank you. Thank you with all my heart as a mom and thank you, Dr. Deering. And I will have all of your uh, websites and contacts and social media in our show notes. So please go there. And I want to thank you to our listeners for for tuning in with us today and having this great chat with us and Dr. Deering. Dr. Deering, you're awesome. Thank you. If we don't remember anything but this one word, pause. Love, love, love. You are awesome. Thank you, Dr. Deering. And thank you to our listeners. Goodbye for now. Have a great day, everyone.